Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the live stream. I am Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dansfish.com. I'm glad to be here with you. Um, we do this every Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time. Got to represent Mountain Time, right? So that's when we do it. You're always invited. It's always good to have you. Um, all righty. Bob, that's howdy, Bob. do it. Hope you're doing well. You're always oh, wait, invited. Wait. That'll fix the sound problem. Sorry about that. Hope you're doing well. Um, Lumpy Dog, of course, is here with his blue wrench, ready to weld the power. <laughs> it's been a, it's been pretty uneventful though. We haven't had any real issues with trolls or folks, you know, being rude or anything like that. So it's been been kind of a pleasant uh experience for me so far i keep waiting for that to happen it hasn't so far hopefully i didn't jinx it today will be the day right <laughs> hey suzy q welcome glad you are here good to see you good to see you <laughs> yeah exactly lumpy dog <laughs> lumpy dog says don't say beetlejuice oh wait i did it thomas we can try and be more trolling. <laughs> yes, if you'd all put a good effort into just making this stream horrible, that would be that'd be wonderful. <laughs> so, welcome everybody. Um, gonna brag about a little uh, special I found. I got a great deal on some powerheads, so I'm gonna brag about that a little bit later on and go over the tank behind me. It's come a long way since we last did this. Um, sorry I couldn't make it last Wednesday, but 4th of July, it just wasn't happening with everything that was going on. HC Aqua, good to see you. How the fish doing? Hope they're doing well. Prolific, glad you made it. Glad you made it. Everyone's piling in now. Um, I wonder if Jeff Rose just finished or something. Bob Kaler, your channel is an exception. Most have almost everyone with a wrench. Defeats the purpose or intent, and some of them should not have the mod title. Yeah, that's... That's why we've kind of kept it small, right? I figure once we, uh, I mean, we have like 15 people watching. So I figure one mod can handle 15 people. Once we get to the point where, I don't know, we hit maybe 100 watching or so and it gets to be some work or, or Lumpy Dog tells me, hey, this is getting to be uh, a lot to handle. I need some help. Then I'll, I'll put another mod in. But I don't want to go mod heavy. I want most folks to be able to just come in and enjoy and participate. So... Yeah. <laughs> Thomas says, okay, this is going to be fun. He's going to get all trolly on us. <laughs> Prolific breed. Hey, welcome. Glad you're here. G bear. Is that rainbows? I see in that tank. There are a few. I'll talk about that in a sec here. As soon as everyone piles on, I'll go over the changes in the tank, but yeah, I put some Erian reds in it. Sergeant tank. Hey, welcome Sergeant. Looks like I'm going to be in your neck of the woods in May to give a talk. So I'm excited about that. I'm very excited about that. That's going to be fun. <laughs> Everyone's saying good evening to G bear. Prolific guy. Lumpy dog's got some pressure on you. Yeah. Well, Lumpy dog's been doing a stellar job, so I really appreciate it. Thanks Lumpy dog. When the mod is harassing people, it makes you say, hmm, oh yeah, I hear you, Bob. I hear you. And I've noticed that too. In a lot of streams, it's all blue wrenches. So <laughs> it's kind of funny. But I get why. I guess people don't want anyone to feel left out or something. But to me, I look like, I, I look at modding like, hey, that's work. 
I don't, I don't want to make everyone work. <laughs> Let me dog. What frail old lazy mod like me? Yep. Yep. The price was right, Lumpy. <laughs> Charlie, glad you're here. Glad you are here. Um, Michigan in May. <laughs> I need details. Yeah. Um, so I'll be, I'll be giving a, a killifish talk at the Greater Valley Aquarium Society. Or is it association? Um, in, I believe it's May. Yep. May 11th, I think is when the meeting is. So I'll be over there. So what I hope to do, and I have to, I have to work with the club on all this and see what they're willing to do. But what I hope to do is go a couple days early or stay a couple days after. And I want to see everyone's fish rooms. Anyone that's willing to show me their fish room, I would love to see it. Um, I learn so much when I do that and I just really enjoy it. And if anyone would like me to, or allow me to make a video of their fish room, I'd be happy to do that too. That's something I'd like to do. But even just seeing it, I, I love visiting fish rooms and I miss it because here in Sheridan, I'm kind of the only one that has a, a fish room that I know of. So in LA, it was awesome. I'd go tour. John Neiman's place was great. And Stan Sung's place was awesome. And I'd just go see all these amazing fish keeper setups and it was fun and I miss it. So Peter Thiel, welcome. 54 Punchy, hey, glad you're here, 54. Good to see you. Wichita, hey, you made it. Glad, glad you're here. So those uh, those Aphiosimian striatum are doing awesome, Wichita. I, they were, I don't know, they weren't, I put them in a five and a half gallon tank when I first got them, hoping that they would spawn right away. And they didn't really do that and they kind of were hiding a lot. So I moved them to a 30 gallon breeder with some guppies I'm growing out just to kind of be dithers for them and show them, you know, that it's okay to be out and about. And now they're out and about all the time. So um, I'm going on a trip this week. I'm heading out of state, but when I get back, I'm going to set them up and see if they'll breed now that they're kind of, you know, more comfortable with things. But thanks again for sending those. That was awesome. In, in Wichita, I feel like I owe you. So if there's something I have that you want, I'd be happy to send it to you. Um, Let's see here. TM. Hey, welcome. All right. All right. Dank. Dank made it. And so did Rich Andy. <laughs> Glad you're all here. Thomas Perkins. Oh, this is cool. I'm up to my eyeballs and frying eggs. This week, it's like spring break at Catholic school around here. So what do you got going on? Um, what's breeding for you? That's awesome. That's fantastic. Lumpy Dog says, nice size, colored up clown barbs for four bucks. Check them out. Yep, I've got a bunch. They were spawning today, actually. And so I uh, I made a video. I'll get it up at some point. But the ones down here in this 100-gallon tank, let me just show you real quick. Down there, they were spawning in, in the... Oh, it's so hard to find it. Ah, my finger. <laughs> ah, there it is. That clump of water sprite right there. Um, so, I, I mean, I didn't save the eggs or anything, but it was still cool to watch them do it. So yeah, they're doing excellent. And I've got like, I've got like 50 or more of them. So I've got plenty of them. Dink is here. Yes, Dink is here. <laughs> All right. So I want to start off, I'm going to talk about the tank here and start off. Um, I want to thank 54 Punchy. 54 Punchy was awesome. She's my Wyoming neighbor from a bit south of me. We have this saying in Wyoming that Wyoming's just a, a small town with really long streets. So um, 
And she, she sent me a bunch of plants and they're in the tank now. And what they are is got some Pogostemon stellatus octopus, got some Ludwigia repens, some pennywort, um, some cryptocorn parva, and some dwarf sagittaria. So that is what you're seeing back there. And I wonder if I can, let me see if I can get you a little better view without destroying things here. Let me see how close I can get. So this clump here, I already had. This is a piece of wood with some java fern and a little java moss on it. This sword plant I got at Petco. Don't worry, I quarantined it. And I'll talk about that in a bit. And then here's the rest. Uh, in that planters, some of the Penny Wharton Val and stuff. Then over um, on the far corner here is the water wisteria that uh, 54 Punchy sent me. Um, some crypt parva here. And another little clump, uh, I think, right. Oh, this is so hard on camera. It's backwards. I think right here. And then in the planter, you can't really see it because it hasn't grown out yet. But in the back of the planter, I planted the uh, Ludwigia because I want that red color to come up. And that should, you know, sprout up pretty well. It's a stem plant. So, so I'm not a big, but they came in looking great, 54. And um, I put them through a quarantine and put them in the tank. And I think they're, they're doing good. So I'm not an expert on plants by any means, but I did some research. And so the method I used to quarantine was I used um, one part hydrogen peroxide to three parts water, uh, you know, age temperature tank water, clean water from a tank with no fish in it. And I put them in that for six minutes. And then I took them right out and put them in fresh water to rinse them off. After that, I put them in my tank, which is full of scuds because the scuds like eat off all the algae and all that stuff. And so I put them in there to uh, just snack on them a bit, eat off any dead leaves, graze off any algae, things like that. And after two, three days in there, I put them in this tank. So they've been in this tank for a couple days and I, I've already seen a lot of new growth. Everything looks like it's coming along really nicely. I was worried that the hydrogen peroxide would hurt them because I've never done that before, but it didn't seem to. It seems like they're all fine. And the reason I did the hydrogen peroxide is just because I live in fear of hydra. I don't want hydra. I breed a lot of fish and hydra will just wipe out entire batches of fry. And so that's why I dipped them. So, so far so good. Um, we'll see in the long run how it goes, but the Ludwigia has already put out several new leaves. Um, the I'm, I'm seeing things starting to kind of root in and send out things. And so I think it's, I think we're in good shape. So we'll see, but 54 Punchy, thank you so much for sending me that. That was awesome. So again, uh, if, if there's anything that I have that you want, let me know and I'll, I'll reciprocate. I'd be happy to send it down to you. Mr. Beast Fishing Things. Hey, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Um, <laughs> Lumpy Dog is calling you out on being tardy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like a Catholic school nun, huh? He's gonna wrap his knuckles. I like it. Wichita, you don't owe me anything, Dan. I was happy to send them to anyone who keeps breeds. Fish fam sticks together. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Even so, though, someday I'll have something you want, and I'll be happy to send it. Thomas, I've got 20 tanks. Okay, cool. So Thomas has had like a, 
a cornucopia of spawns, it sounds like. I've got 20 tanks and have 18 have fry. 18 of the 20. Wow. The eggs are geophagus, plecos, quarries, endlers, shrimp, blue-eyed cichlids. Are those the ones that started spawning a couple weeks ago and you're like, I'm out of here. <laughs> and I even found a single egg in a tank with the Siamese algae eaters. Oh, wow. Wow. That's awesome. So frying eggs from those different groups of fish. Man, Thomas, that sounds like a good week. It's a good haul. I had um, Corydoras spawn, some albino quarries, and I did keep those eggs. And so I've, I've actually made a video series of collecting the eggs and incubating them and them hatching. And they're now a few days old and starting to eat some food. And so I'll be releasing that coming up here too. Nothing, nothing crazy, just, you know, albino corridors and neas, pretty simple fish, but still really fun. It's what triggered them was I moved them to a new tank. I just switched tanks on them and I wasn't trying to breed them, but that did it. And I'm kind of glad that did it because those females were looking pretty full. It was, it was about time for them to be laying some eggs. I think there were two females that spawned. In between the two, there were probably over 200 eggs. So, yeah, they needed to do that. <laughs> they probably feel a lot better. <laughs> 54, that's awesome. Dwarf Sag might take over your tank. Well, yep. I'm, I'm not afraid to uh, thin. So, if they do, I'll just thin them out. Yeah, it's not a problem. Or I might like them so much, I'm like, hey, go for it. That's what I want. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll keep a clear space in the center because uh, I want the quarries to be able to get to the sand and dig around and stuff. They're loving that sand. And this is just playground sand. I know, I know, I know, but it's four bucks a bag. So this is playground sand. And I have a whole lot of uh, filter floss in the baffles of this tank, like a couple square feet of filter floss. And it's doing a great job of filtering out the particulates. And as those quarries go and like stir it up, it gets sucked up and, and filtered out. And in a couple weeks, it's it's going to be crystal clear in there, I think, because it'll have kind of sucked out all the dust. It's pretty clear right now, but it's getting clearer every day. So I'm excited about that. Clearing up and, the, the, and watching the quarries in the sand is just delightful. They love it. They like go up to their eyeballs, just digging around in there for worms and stuff. Um, 54, that's how I feel about plants too. Yep. Let them do their thing. Not worried about getting anything in return. All right. I, I understand. But if you ever see anything that I have that you want, just holler. Priscilla MKR. Hello. Hello, Priscilla. So I want to thank Priscilla too. Priscilla sent me some awesome art and I'm, I'm going to show it off. I've been, uh, saving it here. I wanted to show it off last live stream, but, but we didn't have one. Now, you're all probably familiar with Priscilla's work, but if you're not, it's an, it's an Etsy store, right, Priscilla, that you have going on? Um, not a Pinterest, I learned. <laughs> so check these out. And I'm, I'm sure they're going to look good on camera, but whatever you're seeing on camera, they're even more impressive in person because they... Um, you can see, you can see all the individual strokes and lines and everything in person. And they're just really, really cool. So these are awesome. Check these out. So an arowana, a rainbow, um, just some really cool ones. An angel, 
What is this, a leopard frog, maybe? I'm not huge on my plecos, but I think that's a leopard frog. Cory, I'm not quite sure which species, but. And then some other ones too, some shrimp and stuff. Like, check these out. That's an awesome cherry shrimp there. Um, let's see here, there's a larger version of the angels and the leopard frogs, and then um, pleco. I don't know if you call that a starry night pleco or a snowball or what, but it's pretty cool. Another quarry. I mean, I, let me, let me, like, I don't know if you can see the detail on that, but that is, that is fantastic art. And is a person who has made a living in the arts, in the performing arts, I really appreciate the work that it takes to kind of get to that level. And then this thing is awesome. Check that out. Busmani Rainbow. Like, I don't know if it's showing up, but that is that is worth money. <laughs> so if you need some cool art around your fish room, check out Priscilla's uh, Etsy store. Again, correct me, Priscilla, if, uh, if it's not an Etsy store, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And, uh, well, I'll put these away later. And just her stuff is awesome. Looking at it in person, it's even better than the than the what it looks like when you're browsing it on the internet. So Priscilla, props to you. Um, I've I've never had the. I'm sure someone could learn with tons of practice, but drawing and things like that, painting, all that is it just doesn't come naturally to me. So it's not something I've ever got good at. So I really appreciate folks that do it well. I mean, I I can paint a set you know, for the theater, but that's a completely different thing. That's like quick and sloppy and not precise at all. This is really precise stuff. So I think it's awesome looking. Yep. I think it's worth money. Um, all right. Chat jumped on me. Just give me a second there. Oh, so I wanted to say Thomas, uh, Siamese algae eaters, man, if you could breed those, that'd be awesome. I don't think they're one that folks see breed a whole lot. I know some folks that occasionally one will show up, you know, in the tank that must have made it, but I don't think there are fish that spawn regularly um, and that fry usually make it. So I think that's awesome. Mega Mindy Lou, no way I made it to a live. Sweet. Yeah. Good to have you. And thanks for all your comments on the videos. I enjoy uh, chatting with you. Especially about the, you know, epoxy floor that you're, you're still making your husband do. <laughs> that was funny. Mr. B is fishing things saying hi to Priscilla. Thomas Perkins says mosquito larva, baby. Is that the secret to the spawn? Collect mosquito larva? Yeah, that's like, that's like steak for fish. Steak and potatoes for fish. Hello, Punchy, says Priscilla. Mr. B and everyone. All right. Mr. B is fishing things. Hey, I like the new pick, Priscilla. Oh, cool. I'll have to check it out. What's it of? Mega Mindy Lou, I used to use blasting sand in my tanks. Yeah, I've, I know people do that. I know pool filter sand and all that. I'm in northern Wyoming. It's like never warm enough for a swimming pool up here. I think I've seen one person in town 
who has a swimming pool in their yard and it's tiny. It's kind of been from California. I look at that and I'm like, <laughs> it's tiny, but, um, yeah. So there, there wasn't a place to get pool filter sand. Here is my point. And to order it online was kind of costly with shipping cause it's heavy. So I just went to Home Depot, ended up with playground sand. I've done that before and it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> In fact, it's real fine. It's so fine that it like floats up into your water column, right? <laughs> um, Lumpy Dog, check out Dan's Fish on Facebook. Yeah, please do. I, I post there pretty regularly, at least a couple times a week, um, especially when I'm shipping. I'll take pictures of the fish I'm sending out and you can kind of see the process. Priscilla says, thank you. Yeah, but there isn't much on there anymore. Oh, okay. Sent it all to me. <laughs> Mr. B's complimenting Priscilla on her art. It deserves a compliment. I mean, it's fantastic. I, I work really closely with the art department and the music department in my job. And so I, uh, I, I, I have no skill in drawing and painting and such, but I have an appreciation for the amount of work and uh, effort and dedication that goes into to perfecting that craft for sure. G Bear, Priscilla MKR, that blue bolt for flip is an amazing piece. Yeah, isn't that flips? It's Rob's favorite shrimp, right? Because he met his wife over Blue Bolt shrimp because he was selling them and she wanted some. And so, yeah. So who says this hobby can't help you with your relationships? <laughs> it's like a one in a million, but yeah. <laughs> Thomas Perkins, I rescaped the geotank and they laid eggs a week later. The driftwood dropped the pH a couple points. Oh, okay, and that triggered them. Panda quarries have been breeding... For a week straight, the second pair of blue eyes went for it. Cool. Now, panda quarries, what temp are you keeping them at? I've, I think when I was researching them, if I remember right, don't they like it a little cooler because they're from higher streams like in Venezuela or something? It's been a little while, but I remember something about them liking it a little cooler. So I'm just curious if you found that to be true or if you're keeping them at higher temps and they're doing great. Mega Mindy Lou, whoa, she's amazing. Yes, Priscilla is amazing does some cool stuff. Holy shrimp. Yeah. In fact, that, that shrimp deserves one more look. I mean, check this out. That is awesome. And I don't know the medium, but I'm guessing a uh, watercolor or colored pencil, Priscilla, something like that on these. Anyway, those, those are mediums where I feel like it's really difficult to get a nice sharp image. They want to be blurry, but these are some nice, nice images. Um, Starlight Pleco. Okay, cool. What did I say? Snowball? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me dog. Check out Priscilla. Cool. There's her Etsy store at Etsy.com. Search Pris Priscilla MK Art. Yep. Bob was bitten by the rainbow fish bug. Yeah, you got the uh, Herbert Axelrod eye, right? I've never kept or found them appealing until the one lone fish caught my eye. Milo okay, there's the answer. Militania, Herbert Axelrod eye, local fish store, ordered me another male and four females for him. That's awesome. That's, that is one of my favorite rainbow fish. 
I did order it in when I got all these other rainbows, but they shorted me. But the reason I like it is it's one of the few rainbows that from that the camera will pick up really nicely. And you'll get nice bright colors from. So that brings me to what's what's in here is so I put some angelfish in there. I cycled it with critters, uh, blackworm snails, scuds, fed a lot. Like I was at the point where I was feeding. I mean, I put a ton in there. I put like a half pound of blackworms and a bunch of critters. And um, I was feeding three to four, you know, quarter size algae pellets a day to them and not getting any ammonia reading. And so I knew that the tank was doing well. So I threw in six angelfish and after a few days they were doing great. So I threw in more. I think there's 14 in there, 13, 14, something like that. And after them being in there for a few days, still no ammonia reading whatsoever. So I put in a group of uh, skunk corridors. They're what you see going across the bottom there. And they're fantastic. They are so much fun. Watching them dig around in there and root around in the sand. And they go in this big group and just kind of school across. There's 17 of them in there and I'll probably be adding six to eight more. It's right around 20 or so you get this critical mass where they start to act... I mean, they act, they're individual quarries and stuff, but every now and then they'll act like a single organism. And there's enough of them that it's a really cool sight to see. So I'm going to throw a few more in there just to get just a little more critical mass of quarries in there. And then yesterday, so after a few more days, still no ammonia. So I know everything's going fine. Uh, planted a couple days ago. And then yesterday, saw new growth coming on the plants and everything. So yesterday I put in the red Erian rainbows and you'll see them swimming around in there. I'm not really happy with them. I'll probably be taking them out. And the reason is, uh, is that the fish I have in there, the whole point is for that to be a backdrop for this live stream. So I was hoping that if I put in the Erian red rainbows, it would add like this pop of red color and kind of metallic color, but they aren't showing up really well on camera. In person, they're fantastic. Like when I turn around and look at the tank, they're absolutely gorgeous. But on camera, they kind of look like, I don't know, like a tan fish. They're not, I'm looking at them right now on the screen with you guys. And they, I mean, I know they're a rainbow from their shape and their behavior and stuff, but I'm not seeing the color pop. So I'll probably be taking them out and putting something else in. And Bob, if I had um, the Herbert Axelrod eyes that you have the yellow rainbows, that's what I would put in there, um, something like that, because I think that would really pop. I've thought about turquoise, but I don't think the blue will be, you know, I want something with a real impact. So I, I'm not sure exactly what I'll do. I have some Odessa barbs I might put in, but I'm worried about a big school of Odessa barbs because I'd want to put several in that they would outcompete the corridors for food. And they just swarm the food. And once you get a big group, that might keep the quarries from getting enough. So I might do some, for now, I might do some um, koi swords because they're pretty. They'll take care of some of the algae that's, that's starting to grow on the glass and things. Oops, are we laggy? Oh, no. Oh, no. Hopefully that was just a blip. It looked like it got a little laggy on my end. So anyway, at some point I'll have something in there that makes a big color statement that reads well on camera. I was hoping the earring reds would do it, but for some reason, this camera anyway, just 
it's not impressive on this camera. So again, in person, they're awesome. On camera, eh, I don't know. Um, Daryl Deemer, hey, welcome. I caught your stream the other day, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. The channel called Water, right, Daryl Deemer? I think I've got the right person. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks for doing that. Vinoski Tank, is that? Okay, so I don't know what Vinoski Tank means, but I speak Spanish, so when I see Vino, it makes me think of like a tank full of Vino. <laughs> I'm sure it's not, but welcome. Glad you're here. Um, everyone's saying hi to Daryl and to Vinoski Tank. All right, Mr. B, okay, same thing. Okay, Mega Mindy Lou, put some red discus if you're looking for red. Yeah, I've thought about that, um, super red discus or something. Briefly, the issue is then I'd have to crank the temperature up. As soon as I crank the temperature up, those angelfish are gonna get really ornery. And also, I like a tank with a slower metabolism, if you will. It's a lot easier to keep a tank looking well and things at a lower temperature. Just because everything happens a little more slowly. And when things go wrong, they don't go wrong as quickly on you. So um, I don't think it would be discus, but I've got some ideas. It's, it's just about... A <clears throat> <laughs> My voice cracked like I was 14. Cheers. That's probably enough gin to get me through, right? Um, so... Um, yeah, I don't know what it'll be exactly, but yeah, you're right. Like some super red discus in there or something like that would look awesome. I just think the temperature differential and uh, yeah, it's a little too much. Thomas, what are some interesting... Oh, Mr. B saying, uh-oh, that was probably the buffering that happened a little while ago, I'm assuming. Hopefully it's fine for everyone else. Thomas says, what are some interesting live bears from the Atlantic coast of... Uh, Nicaragua or did you mean Belize? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not enough of a live bear geek to know exactly what is specific to, um, to those countries. I'm sure there's sword tails there and probably some platy species. I don't know that. Does anyone know that? Does anyone here geek out on live bears enough to be able to answer Thomas's question? Something specific to Belize, I think, is what he meant, or um, Nicaragua. I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Daryl, I don't have any content as of yet. Well, who was it then? There's someone, and I don't know why I'm confusing you with them, but the, the like channel name is his name, but he calls his live streams Water. Big Bushy Beard. <laughs> anyway, it's not Daryl, I suppose. Um, Q Aquatics, I'm back. I heard my pond filter making some noise. Had to unclog the skimmer. Yep. It's like, it's funny as fish keepers were attuned to things. Anytime we hear water drip, it's like, whoop, what's that? What's going on? What happened? <laughs> or if I walk into my room and it's real quiet, I'm like, wait. Are all the filters working? Are the bubbles going? What's going on? What's going on? You know, Priscilla, I was like, "Woo, Daryl made a video. No way. Oh, oh sorry. Nope. Apparently I'm confusing him with someone else and I have no idea why. Mega Mindy Lou, my sister's got her dick discus in with her angels. I should tell her 
to get on. Well, if it's working for her, great. Um, that's great. If it works for her, wonderful. Good for her. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, I there was a time before the domestic discus craze that they weren't kept at these super high temperatures, just like guppies didn't used to be kept at super high temperatures. But as breeding has happened, they've been kept generation after generation after generation at these super high temperatures, often medicated. Um, then it becomes harder to, to keep them at lower temperatures. That's happening with a lot of our fish, actually. So, yep. Yeah, when I keep discus, I usually keep the water at, I keep the room at 86, so the water stays about 84, and that way I have really good luck. But if it starts to drop, they, in my experience, they don't like that. 54 Punchy, you aren't 14? Some days, my wife will tell you, some days I'm 14. Some days I'm probably 12. <laughs> Jad Orsi, hello. Well, welcome, Jad. Glad you're here. Priscilla, you don't look older than 14. Yep, I know a lot of bald 14-year-olds. I hang out with them all the time at the pub. <laughs> um, tea party with Jad going on. Thomas, yes, my fingers are revolting tonight. Oh, Belize, yeah. Oh, it's Dwayne Kitchell. Yes, Bob, Dwayne Kitchell's who I'm thinking of. Sorry, Daryl. There's something about the D name Dwayne that I confused with the D name Daryl. But yeah, it's Dwayne Kitchell I'm thinking of. Yep, thanks guys, setting me straight. Charles Fish Tanks. I think there's some interesting color morphs of Zephophorus maculatus in Belize, so that's platy. Maybe where the bleeding heart strain partly originated from. Thomas, um, is there a specific fish you're looking for or a specific biotope you're setting up or something like that? Um, just curious uh, what you're doing with that project or thought or whatever spurred the question. Let me dog at Charles Fish Tanks, dropping some knowledge. Yep, thanks Charles. Priscilla, her what? <laughs> you sir just got demonetized. What? Did I say something wrong? <laughs> I wonder what I said. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Fishing glass. How do you heat the fish room, Dan? Right here. Let me show you. So this is going to, uh, yeah, we'll just show you this. Hopefully it doesn't get too blurry. That sucker right there is how I heat the fish room. It's a uh, gas furnace. As you can see, it's got an in and an out for, uh, you know, keeping the fire burning. And then below that, this helps circulate things really well. This is a heat uh, retention ventilator. And so what happens is, one of these big insulated pipes here sucks air out of the fish room. It goes through a manifold in this thing and exchanges temperature with the other pipe of incoming air so that the air coming in gets heated so that I'm not blowing freezing cold air into my fish room. Or the air coming in gets a little cold so I'm not blowing 100 degree air into my fish room. So between this and this, I have a really low cost of energy down here. Um, and well, also the insulation. I mean, check this out. All the walls are this ugly stuff, but it's blown in insulation. Right here, of course, there's, I mean, that's a, 
electric circuit, so it's not on right there, but most of the fish room, almost all of it is just this stuff. And it's two to four inches thick. So it's like the whole room is like an ice cooler, basically. Um, it's, it's kind of that well insulated. So that's how I do it. And it works really well. It's really cost effective, even at like negative 30, 35 degrees in the winter here. I can keep it really nice. And right now, we finally kept uh, caught up with the rest of the nation. So we hit our first 100 degree day yesterday. Uh, until this week, our highs have been in like the 60s and 70s. It's been so nice, but we finally got it. And um, it's keeping the fish room nice with that heat exchanger. So it kind of helps keep the, the temperature stable down here. So that's how I do it. In the past, I've done um, portable electric heaters. I like the oil-filled heaters that are, for an electric heater, I think they're more efficient. And then I just throw a fan that blows air through them and circulates air around the fish room, a fan or two, depending on the setup. So those work pretty well. I've had electric baseboard heaters as well. They don't work as efficiently, I don't think. But I'm really lucky. This is the first setup I've had where I could really, uh, you know, put in something like a dedicated furnace for the room so that the heating is just, uh, you know, pennies instead of dollars. Yeah. So that is how I heat it. Man, what did I say, Priscilla? Now I'm worried. I'm not, I didn't swear. Charles Fish Tanks. Indeed, I remember watching a video showing a school of wild discus living happily in mid-70 degree water. Yeah, I have a friend that has gone down many times, many, many times to Brazil and other places. And the water temperatures fluctuate there. And discus have a pretty big range. So in the wild, they aren't sitting at, you know, 84 to 86 degrees all the time. There's a big range of temperature. But we... Uh, with them and with guppies and lots of other fancy fish when you're trying to breed and it's your livelihood and you uh, can't afford to take losses, then temperatures jacked up and medicine is added. And that's how things have been done long enough that it's affecting our fish. Oh, look at that. Bob Kaler's fish hobby, 20 bucks. Wow. Thank you, Bob, for the super chat. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> Combating demonetization. <laughs> I'm still curious what I said. I didn't think I said anything wrong, but I don't know. I don't know. And thank you, Bob. Thanks for being here every week. I appreciate it. And I appreciate what you add to the community and to the chat. It makes it a much better experience for everyone. So thanks so much. Um, oh, I want to brag a little bit. So this was awesome. This sucker a cobalt pump MJ 600. These are usually 34 to 45 bucks online, somewhere in that range. Doctors Foster's and Smith, and no, this is not a commercial for them. No, I'm not sponsored. No, they don't pay me none of that. But every now and then I check them out, usually because I need food. And while I'm there, I check out some other stuff. These were on there on clearance for $8, like $8.50 the other day. So I bought three of them. I wish I would have bought more. Because I went today to the link, uh, to the website, because I was going to show you all that, you know, check these out if you're looking for a 
Powerhead. You can get one for like 850 right now. And um, they were already sold out. So anyway, I got real lucky. I got a great deal on those. Shipping was free. It's like, I don't know, 24 bucks-ish for three Powerheads. So I put one in this tank and it's doing a good job. It's helping. Uh, if you look closely, let me get out of the way. You can see the plants kind of waving a little bit in the water. And that's from that power head. And it's keeping the detritus moving across the bottom and up and around so that it kicks it up enough that the uh, filter system can suck it out of the tank. So that's really nice. Anyway, I got so lucky. I was so happy about that find. <laughs> Doesn't usually happen, but I got lucky. All right. Priscilla says, deal. <laughs> I like how you spell uh, Dwayne Kitchell, Priscilla. That's funny. <laughs> um, all right. So, wow. Thanks again, Bob. I really appreciate the super chat. And just the participation is fantastic. Um, Thomas, thanks, Charles Fish Tanks. Yeah. 54 Punchy. Hey, did you get your new fish order in yet? Oh, I have to tell you about this. So, I've been... I. I wanted to tell you guys last week and then 4th of July happened. So I've communicated with the collector in Nigeria. It's going to be a little while, not too long, but what's happened is he couldn't get all the fish collected before the rainy season really hit hard. So right now everything is flooded out there. Um, a little stream is now a massive river and flooded way into the land. And so it's really difficult to collect right now. He told me that the water will recede by September and he hopes to be able to get them to me by September. So no, I'm still waiting. Uh. <laughs> However, as soon as uh, the water recedes, then he'll finish collecting the order and send it over to me. So that's what's going on there. Fortunately, it'd be a little longer, but I don't know. I've waited longer for some things, so that's not that bad. So his guess was September-ish is when he'll be able to send that. So as soon as he can, we'll get him. <sighs> Man, when that order finally comes, it'll be like Christmas. I can't wait. Bob Kaler's Fish House, when you mispronounce discus. Oh, did I say something instead of discus? Say discus again, discus. I wonder what I said. I'll have to go back and rewatch. Yeah, I'm not going to think about it too hard. I'm trying to guess what it could be, but I can't. <laughs> um, fishing glass. Separate from house furnace. Yes. So this is, that furnace only heats this room. And so that furnace blows out. The, um, the air exchange mechanism that sucks air from the fish room and blows it out of the house, it's pretty far back in the fish room. So the air is blown in through that furnace, has to go all the way back to that before it's sucked up and pulled out. So that kind of helps keep the whole room going. Um, and it smells fresh down here. I mean, I've got a lot of aquariums down here. And thanks to that thing, yeah, there it is. Thanks to that thing that's over there that you can't see, that furnace, and mainly the, hair, the uh, air exchanger, the heat retention ventilator, I think it's called. Um, it keeps the air fresh in here. So I've got, I think it's 134 liters of fresh air coming in and being exchanged every minute in this room. And it keeps it really nice. 
and warm or cool without breaking the bank. It's a lot. So this entire room heating cost me a lot less money than heating a much smaller room did with an electric heater. It's awesome. Basically, that thing just uses a fan and fans are pretty cheap to run. And the furnace, I mean, it uses gas, which is a lot less expensive than electricity. So yeah, it's, it's worked out wonderful. It's been running for uh, rough around a year, a year-ish, and the savings is, is amazing. So yeah. So yes, it's a completely different system than my, than my home furnace that heats the upstairs. That's in the attic. <laughs> Thomas, yeah, I've got the blue-eyed cichlids. I'm going to get a few rainbow cichlids. They're, those are beautiful. I love them. I'd like to add something other than cichlids. Huh. So, Thomas, is, is this like something to add to the blue-eyed cichlids and a tank with blue-eyed cichlids and rainbow cichlids in it? Is that what you're, you're going for? Mega Mindy Lou, I'm in Texas, so it's hard for me to understand you still need a heater. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. I have a brother in San Antonio. Um, actually, he's just outside San Antonio about half an hour. He just bought a farm and moved out of the city. So he's been telling me about how hot it is there. And I don't envy you. I mean, summers here are pretty nice. Like it was, it was July before it got up into the 90s. So that was pretty awesome. However, that being said... We pay for it in the winter. So it's definitely cold in the winter. So a lot of folks, you know, they have their summer home here and their winter home down in California somewhere and Texas and Florida, and they've got it made. Lumby Dog thinking Bob Kaler uh, for combating the demonetization. Thanks again, Bob. Thomas, I'm looking for something wild-colored Limia's killifish, something like that. Okay, for that tank, yeah. Um, Elise, few rivulets, not many killies, few rivulets. Um, Nicaragua, same kind of story. You know, Rivios marmoratus, maybe a few others. Let me think on that, Thomas. There's got to be some wild-type live bearers there. This is a Greg Sage question. We need to summon Greg Sage to the chat. Say, hey, Greg. <laughs> Wichita. Which part of Texas are you from? San Antonio. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Got a brother down there. Well, when I go visit him, Mega Mindy Lou, maybe we can meet up. Wichita. Oh, yeah, very hot down there. Yep. Wichita asked Dan... What's breeding more for you right now? So const, okay, so live bears are just constant, right? The guppies and endlers project is going well. The limias I have, the nigra fasciata and the um, perugier are spawning all the time. So that's going really well. The rainbow fish are spawning like crazy. They've never stopped. So I get tons and tons of eggs every day. And I have fry appearing in the tanks and growing up with the parents just because I, I stopped collecting eggs. So those are doing really well. The other thing that's constantly breeding, if I let them, are the betta rubra, um, the wild type bettas. They're pretty awesome. So uh, 
the Corridors and Neas, they spawn uh, every now and then. They'll spawn. It's not completely regular, but again, I'm not trying to spawn them. They just go for it occasionally. And then the barbs spawn frequently, but I'm, I'm not collecting the eggs on those. So those are kind of the things that are pretty constantly spawning. Now, there's a difference between them spawning and me, like trying to spawn them and collect the eggs and raise them. I'm not doing a ton of that just because I'm still trying to keep the room pretty much cleared out for that Nigerian order. But um, yeah, that's kind of what's going on breeding wise. Yeah. Oh, by the way, my, my brother in San Antonio, he, um, he, <laughs> when we were kids, he and I, one of the fish we got were convict cichlids. And of course we started out with a pair and ended up with just hundreds of these things. So he has really fond memories of convict cichlids. So he has a 60 gallon aquarium and I think a 125 gallon aquarium. And he remembered the cichlids fondly. So he got a couple so they could breed and he could show his kids and that was fun. And then you know how you end up with just tons of them. So he found homes for all of those, cleared them all out, moved on. Lo and behold, a few weeks later, there's more convict cichlids because some babies hit out somewhere and all that. So <laughs> it's like, it's like an STD in his tank. You just can't get rid of them. And he sent me a picture. Let me see if I can find it. Um, I probably can't, I don't want to take the time, but somewhere, these are just pet store convict cichlids. Most of them are, but it's a few generations now. And this one male came out, it's an albino and it looks like a flower head. It's got this big nuchal hump. It's uh, it's kind of funky looking. So there's something going on in the genetics there that <laughs> it's a little funky. But yep, if you ever want to see a, a funky uh, convict cichlid, Mega Mindy Lou, there's one down there in San Antonio. What got me onto convicts? I don't remember. Discus, right? Discus. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Okay, so I was talking about to Wichita about what I was breeding, and then Mega Mindy Lou says we had unexpected rains and clouds, so it's not been too bad. Dreading August though, yeah. Yeah, I think I talked to my brother in like February, and it was in the 90s down there, something crazy like that. HC Aqua says I don't own a heater. Me, well, I can't say that. I have some heaters, um, just from way back when that are in storage, but I haven't used a heater in a long time, a long, long time. So, yep. Oh, the other thing, so here's a trick. Let me show you this. So if you're, if you are using heaters and want to save some power, um, I don't know if it'll show it. Hang on. Okay, on the side of this tank, back here, can I get this out far enough? I have some insulation on here. This, that's what this stuff is, this kind of silver stuff. If you insulate the uh, sides, back and bottom of the tank, you're gonna burn a lot less electricity. So I have that on there from when I had some discus in there a while back and, hang on, let me get the camera back. And I had that, that wasn't in my fish room, it was down in the basement in another room that was pretty cold. So I insulated it and I got a um, thousand watt heater from Gemco on a thermostat, on a separate thermostat. And that's how I, um, oh no, I lie. 
that was for the water storage container, the 300 gallon water storage kind of gassing off um, water prep container that I used the thousand degree heater on. It was, I think I heated this whole thing actually with like a 300 watt heater, but it was insulated and so it went really well. So for those of you that do have to use heaters, which, you know, we all did at one point, until you get a certain mass of tanks, it doesn't make sense to not have a heater, but it's at a certain point it does. But if you're still using a heater and you're trying to save money, it doesn't look the best, but back sides and bottom of the aquarium, throw some insulation on there. You can use styrofoam or you can use this stuff. It's like a quarter inch thick. It's uh, it's uh, I don't know, looks kind of like a thick, cushy space blanket is what it looks like. So just a just a tip. Um, Mindy Megaloo, how's your killifish experiments? So right now I don't have many because I'm waiting for most of them to arrive from Nigeria. Um, I bred, I don't know, about a thousand flagfish because I love that fish, only to find out that they don't ship well for me. I've shipped them plenty of times in other locations I've lived, but something about the water I have here being, you know, really soft and things like that, I had a lot of bad luck shipping them. So I gave them all to a friend with a pond. So that project ended because there's no point to me breeding a whole bunch of fish if I can't send them to anyone. Sheridan, Wyoming is a town of like 18,000 people. That's not an exaggeration. Look it up. It's a small town. We're two hours away from like the nearest city of any size at all. So there's just no way for me to um, have a market for my fish unless I'm selling them online. There's, you know, the, the town can't sustain that. So, so that project kind of dried up. I've sold out of the Aplicylus blocki. I've sold out, or blocki, I suppose. I've sold out of the Aplicylus dei, although I have a few still. Um, and I've got the Aphiosimian striatum. So right now I'm not doing a ton with killifish just because I've sold out most of them and I'm waiting for the refresh from Nigeria. But what I'm thinking of is once I get the refresh from Nigeria, I'll find out which of those species I really like working with, hold back breeding, breeding groups of those. And then once I've sold the rest, I plan probably on reverting back to, to my breeding roots. So I'll do a lot less importing. I think this could change tomorrow, but for a while, this has been my thought. And I'll get interesting species in, probably mostly Achilles, but don't hold me to that. Um, to to breed and make videos of that. So I'm kind of going to get back to that, but it's going to take a little while. I have to get this import in, um, find out which of those I want to work with, get the rest sent off, and then kind of build up from there. So yeah. All right. Thomas, it is in the mid 90s in Oklahoma right now. It's kind of nice to be able to open the windows and keep the tanks in the mid 70s and 80s. Yeah. Mid-70s to 80. Yeah, that's awesome. Thomas, I'm sending heat your way, neighbor. Yep. Wichita doesn't mind sharing. He's a generous guy. <laughs> Convicts breed like rabbits, says Mega Mindy Lou. You know, I think I think it's the opposite. I think it's rabbits breed like convicts. <laughs> Priscilla. Dick us. Oh, 
<laughs> Oops. Well, glad I could make it fun. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Ichiaqua. <laughs> I see where your mind is, Priscilla. Oh, we all knew where Priscilla's mind was. That's that's not been a secret. <laughs> 54 Punchy. I made my first $25 selling fry I raised to local fish store today. Congratulations. That's awesome. Especially in Wyoming, because there aren't that many options to sell your fish. There's just not that many fish stores. So congratulations. Some albino cori fry. I am babysitting adults for a friend until he gets a bigger tank and saves some of the eggs. Well, that's fantastic. Congratulations, 54 Punchy. That's really cool. Still have around 40 or so that I'm going to put on eBay. All right. If anybody needs some uh, albino quarries, 54 Punchy has got your back. Bob Kaler's Fish Hobby. Um, so 54 Punchy, what's your username on eBay or your store name or whatever so that folks can find you? Uh, Bob Kaler. Might have to draw a picture, Priscilla. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, you're killing me. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Cheers. Welcome to the new, improved, family-friendly uh, fishmonger livestream. <laughs> oh man! <Whew. laughs> oh Bob! <laughs> Let's see here. Here we go. Q Aquatics. I think he even said about a sister and discus in something. Oh, wow! Well. I'm glad I could provide the entertainment for the evening. Holy cow. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to go back and rewatch this and see how badly I screwed up whatever I did. Oh man. You ever laugh so hard that like behind your ears it hurts? Yeah. Owie. Oh, that hurt. Hurt good. <laughs> Again, weren't we talking about being 14? Yeah, so. <laughs> Priscilla says, you guys are no big deal. I just mentioned it for the, in case this stream gets demonetized. Oh, well, it will now. <laughs> oh, I missed one. Wichita says, lol, Priscilla. He also gets demonetized when he talks about, oh yeah, Rapashi's morning wood. Yep. With that said, everyone have a great night. Fish fam rocks. All right, good night, Wichita. Thanks for coming by. Um, Oh, man. Mega Mindy Lou, I'm an Endlers. I really liked your video you made about a week ago. Oh, yeah. So the Endlers project's coming along nicely. I am waiting for... Okay. So I learned something, which is one reason I like doing this. I learn something all the time. So someone who knows more about a genetic experimentation than I do commented on that video and told me that it's not F0 for uh, genetic crossing of fish. Uh, it's F0 for wild fish, which I knew, but for 
crossing, it's P0 for first parent generation. So just to get that out there. So what I have is I'm waiting for the, let's see here, I've got that, bread to that equals that. Hang on, I remember when where I'm at. So I've got an F3 generation coming up. Yes, which I'm then going to breed back to a Santa Maria male that's unrelated. And that's when I think I'll start kind of cracking the code. So I've just got to wait a little longer for those little bitty fry to raise up big enough to uh, have their own little bitty fry. And then I think we'll get there. The F2 generation is not too bad. The males have the bright orange belly. And as they age, as they get older, they're getting bright orange uh, kind of a color running up the uh, upper and lower margin of the caudal fin, the tail fin, which is nice. And the black back is starting to darken. I don't know if it'll darken completely or kind of stay like a brownish color, but they're starting to look more and more as they grow up that F2 generation. They're starting to look more and more like what I want, which is a Santa Maria Endler. So I think this F3 generation is gonna be pretty darn close to, to what I'm looking for. And then it's just a matter of uh, a little bit of time, you know, crossing back and back and, or even just breeding through and seeing how true they breed and getting to the point where they breed true before I sell them out as, you know, as a fish that, that will breed true. So yeah, I'm glad you liked that video. It's, uh, it's coming along that project. Alrighty. Limit dog, limited time offer to current live stream viewers. Buy three or more platinum angel fish from Dance Fish and I'll pay for one of them, $15 value. Hey, thanks, Lumpy Dog. That's awesome. Offer expires at end of stream. Any takers? Wow, thank you. Um, well, that is fantastic. Thanks, everybody. Or thanks, Lumpy Dog. Man, that's really cool of you. I appreciate that. Bob Kaler, I heard it through. I heard it and thought the same thing, whatever I said. Oh, man, I can't wait to listen and find out how I flubbed that up. Um, Mega Mini Lou, get Killies and Endlers mixed up. Blonde moment. Oh, no worries. At least you've got hair. <laughs> Keep it in crypto. Hey, glad you got here. Glad to see you. You'll be glad to know I have some crypt parva in this tank, so... Yeah, we're keeping it crypto here. <laughs> 54 Punchy, I haven't started an eBay store yet. Lol, getting everything set up for shipping and then we'll open one. All right, so one thing to be aware of, 54 Punchy, is, and I didn't know this till I sold on eBay and then I quit a few years ago because of this, but when you sell on eBay, they force you to ship with certain carriers and certain plans. So you can ship like FedEx overnight, you can ship UPS overnight, or you can ship a USPS Express and that's all, if I remember right. I mean, there might, I might be remembering wrong. But the point is they don't allow you much flexibility with shipping. So be aware of that um, when you're setting up your store. If you want more flexibility, 
then you might want to check out Aquabid because Aquabid, you can post the fish, set all your own terms and conditions, set all your own shipping methods and things like that. So um, eBay is great. Go for it. But just be aware that they have some strict conditions regarding shipping that may or may not work for you. So before you get too far into it, just something to be aware of. And I'm not discouraging you from doing it. Please understand that. I just want you to be aware of that because I wasn't aware of that. And I built this whole thing and I started selling fish and it was great. And suddenly eBay's like, you can't do this. I was like, why? They're like, you have to ship this way. I was like, well, no, no, I don't. <laughs> I've been doing this forever another way. So I quit. Same thing happened on Facebook. I, they kept wanting me to start a marketplace. So I did. I created a marketplace, got everything done, linked it to my Shopify store, all that stuff. A lot of work. <laughs> and then, then Facebook lets me know, oh, we can't sell live fish on Facebook, on a Facebook marketplace. And I'm like, you guys literally encouraged me to create, to sell through the marketplace on Facebook. <laughs> Did the name Dan's Fish not, not clue you in to what I was doing? Anyway, yeah, so just a couple of things to be aware of. Um, we need a better way to buy and sell fish online. We really do. So, yeah, I'm sure it's coming. Um, anyway, thanks again, Lumpy Dog. That's awesome. So Lumpy Dog will buy your fourth Platinum Angel fish if you buy three at dancefish.com. That's, that's fantastic. Um, let's see, where am I at? Mm, 54 Punchy, but anyone can message me on YouTube account if they want some. Great. Great. That's fantastic. Priscilla, I refuse to take the blame for this. Oh, no, it's, it's all your fault, Priscilla. <laughs> if I said it, it's my fault. I, I'm still not quite sure what I said, but I'll, I'll be looking it up. <laughs> Just subscribe, Punchy. Oh, that's funny, Crypto. That's awesome. Lumpy Dog. And the mod just sits here and watches the stream go to the gutter. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I asked for this. I guess I did. Bob Kaler. Right, Priscilla? Well, <laughs> oh, man. Viola Hopsalot. Good evening, fish folks. Well, good evening, Viola who we all like to call voila. <laughs> There's a tea party going on with Viola. Everyone's saying hi and hi backs. Um, Lumpy Dog, be right back. Need to reboot. All right. While Lumpy's dog, while Lumpy's dog, while Lumpy Dog is gone, spend all his money, buy all those angels. <laughs> so, um, reach the bottom of the stream. So I'm going to go back and pull up a couple other questions that I have received through um, the website, just because I figure if someone has a question, other folks probably have the question as well. So I think it can do some good. So let's see here. Oh, here, here's one. So I only ship on Mondays at dancefish.com or Tuesdays if Monday's a holiday or, um, or if I can't do a Tuesday. For example, I was supposed to get my wisdom teeth out yesterday and I had some orders. So I told the folks that I wouldn't ship till, um, I mean, on Monday. So I told the folks I wouldn't be shipping till Tuesday. 
then it turned out I didn't get my wisdom teeth pulled, but I still shipped Tuesday just so I didn't have to go through that again and confuse people. Um, so yeah, the wisdom teeth is going to happen in a couple weeks. It looks like I'm not looking forward to that, but the reason I'm going into this is I usually only ship on Mondays because that gives the fish more time to get to you before the weekend. I would hate for a fish to sit at the post office on a weekend because I didn't send it earlier in the week and it just sit there for no reason. So that's what I do. However, there's a little flexibility. Usually I won't ship a fish unless I've received the order by like midnight Friday. And that is so I can fast the fish on Saturday and Sunday to prep them for shipping. So they make it to you without any problem. However, I get this question a lot. So this person says, hi, Dan. Okay, one last request. Is it too late to add turquoise rainbow fish to the order? Males if possible, asks this customer named Lisa. And I won't go into last names just because people might not want to, you know, folks to know their purchasing history. But Lisa wanted to know that. And it was last minute. So always ask. I can't always do it. But in this case, other people had ordered the turquoise rainbows. So I was already fasting them. I was already prepping that fish tank for sale. So there are times that if you decide you want to add something to your order or decide that you want to order something and it's Saturday that, um, or even Sunday, email me and ask because it's possible that other people have bought that fish and so that tank is being prepped for shipping. So sometimes I can do that. Um, in general, I won't ship fish unless they're ordered by, I think it's Friday at midnight, I forget exactly, but sometimes it works out. Here's another one. Hi, Dan, not intending to be a pain, but I respect your advice. At the end of the day, um, I've married up the table and tank and ended up purchasing an eight gallon round cylinder aquarium. So what this person is, is, they, is doing is they've got this round end table and they're trying to find a fish tank that goes on that and looks nice. So it's like a pedestal that will hold up the tank. And so we've been going back and forth uh, trying to figure that out. So basically he's got an eight gallon tank that he's found that'll fit well on this table. So he's asking, um, what should I stock it with and what plants? So just so you know, there are so many fish in the world that it's hard open-ended to give suggestions of what to stock. So I, I responded and I said, send me 10 fish that you like a lot and think you might be able to keep in that tank. And then I'll go over that list of 10 and we can narrow it down together. And then I told him, I don't know anything about plants, so I can't help you with that. So he sent me um, the following list. And I want to see what you guys think. So I'm going to read the list to you. Actually, I'll show it to you. And then I'll tell you what I thought, but I'm curious what everyone else's opinion is because this is opinion based. So here's the list. Threadfin rainbows, forktail blue eye. So I'm, I'm thinking that might be, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what kind of little rainbow that is. Oh, that's probably a fricata. Celebes rainbow, peacock gudgeon, southern pacific blue eye and spotted blue eye. Southern pacific blue eye, I don't know what that is. This is someone from Australia. That's why they're using these terms for the names. Spotted blue eye, I think that's Pseudomugil gertrude. There I go, screwing up names again. Did I get in trouble, Priscilla? Did I do it wrong? Did I say something gross? <laughs> Gertrude. Um, Dwarf Corydoras, Neon Tetras, Sparkling Garamis, Danio Margin 
<laughs> Margaritatis, so um, um, Celestial Pearl Daniels, I believe is what that one is. Broris Brigidae, a mono shrimp, Endlers, dwarf pencils, and then they add, oh, and Placat Betis. So that's, that's the fish that they're thinking of. So my advice to anyone asking for stocking information, give a list or tell us what types of fish you want, because otherwise we don't even have a starting place. So that's what this person thought. So I'm curious what other people think would do best in an eight gallon tank. And then I'll tell you what I thought, but I'm not saying it's right. It was just my opinion, how I responded to him. Um, Mega Mindy Lou, while people are doing that, says, got to hit the hay every day tomorrow. Night, everyone. Night, Dan. Good night. Thanks for coming. It was great to have you in the stream. Thomas, I'd be extremely interested in learning how you got started selling online. My local fish store shut down. Yeah, I'll go that into that, uh, Thomas, as soon as we finish uh, this eight-gallon stocking bit we were working on. Happy to go into that. Um, and I think that... Um, it's about to get a lot easier to sell online. There's some projects I'm aware of that are going to make it, uh, I think, a lot more pleasant and a lot more cost effective. Um, but we'll get into all that in a minute. Um, Priscilla says, Endler's in a mono shrimp. Great. Priscilla says, Woo, I didn't say anything gross. She show. <laughs> now we're back to that. Lumpy Dog, I vote male Endler tank, lots of movement, color, and hardy. Endlers will overrun the tank fast. All male would be good. Thomas says corridor is always a win. Viola, male endler would be just pretty without multiplying. Cool. So, yeah, I think we're kind of all on the same page. So here's, here's what I said. I said, um, Kevin, from your list, my suggestion would be to start the tank with a small group, three to six endlers. And... I think the reason for that is I think they're really hardy. It's a new tank. <laughs> you want hardy fish. Um, I would keep them for about six weeks, then very gradually add any of the additional fish you're interested in, in, say a couple of fish every week or so, until you feel that the tank is fully stocked. Or you may find the endlers reproduce and you just end up wanting a tank full of them. I don't know. That's up to you. Anyway, patience is the key to keeping a small setup like this healthy. Don't rush it. Feed sparingly. And I go into some, some things. But I agree. I, I thought a couple things. First, if someone has to ask that question, then I'm guessing they're somewhat new to the hobby or new to keeping small aquariums and things like that. So in that case, I want them to have a really hardy fish, right? And from that list, I feel like endlers probably win that. And the other reason is, Hardy and colorful are the two things that I think help keep, keep people in the hobby, especially when they're first starting out. So in my mind, I was like, well, endlers are tough as nails and they're pretty hardy. And if they breed for him, then yeah, they'll overrun the tank, but he'll also get hooked. So that was, that was my thought. Um, and I, I get that question frequently and it's always, that's, that's kind of what guides my thought is what's hardy and what's pretty. Because then they'll have success while enjoying the tank, and hopefully that'll hook them. But yeah, I did think about the the uh, pygmy quarries as well. Um, I do like those a whole lot. I just feel like endlers are a little tougher and and, and less expensive in case something did go wrong. Um, 
Priscilla, eight gallons probably has a small footprint. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. So Thomas, if you could, while I'm talking, Thomas, if you would uh, let me know if there is anything specific you want to know about selling fish online. But here's how it started for me. Back, okay, I'm going to give a little history and then we'll get into like what's going on now. I hope that's okay. But how I got into it was when I was about 14 years old, I got into killifish. The only way to get killifish, pretty much, was through the American Killifish Association. And I also got fish through something back in the day. This was the early mid-90s, which was called the North American Fish Breeders Guild or something like that. What they would do is they would send out a monthly or bi-monthly newsletter where people would list fish that they wanted to trade or that they were looking for. And it was like a, a trading post type thing. So I would get fish that way and I would get fish from the American Killifish Association. So I didn't start out by shipping fish. I started out by buying fish through the mail because it was the only way to get the species I was interested in. So I got really familiar with receiving fish in the mail and then through the, uh, the guild or the trading post, whatever you want to call it, North American Fish Trading Guild, or I, I don't remember exactly what it's called. Um, it was pretty cool, though. There were some fish I really wanted. They were betta pugnacks, so I wanted to try some wild-type bettas because the mouth-brooding idea really fascinated me. And so I remember I traded a bunch of um, Aplicylus panchacks that I had raised for some betta pugnacks. So to get those betta pugnacks, I had to send this person Aplicylus panchacks. So that was one of the first times, it's the first time I remember shipping fish because I had to trade. So that's how I got started shipping fish. Now, remember before I did this, I'd received lots of boxes of fish, seen the packing techniques, been to a lot of fish club shows, been to a lot of American Killifish Association uh, events like the Bay Area Killy Associations, big West Coast weekend and stuff. So I was real familiar with fish in bags. And so, and there's a lot of articles that were written about it. So I did that, that went well, and I just started getting comfortable with that. So I started listing my killifish for sale in the uh, business newsletter of the American Killifish Association, which is used to be the only way to get killifish. All the killifish breeders that were were in that association, which was pretty much all of them, would list the fish they had available. And it was awesome. You'd get that every month and you'd flip through and there'd just be hundreds of different species of killifish to choose from. This was back in the heyday. So I started listing there and selling fish there and got pretty proficient at it after a few years. So fast forward, I'm in college. Part of how I got through college was I would bring in fish and I would resell them. So I, you know, kept selling them that way. That was almost exclusively through Aquabid. So I sold a lot of fish on Aquabid. If you check Aquabid, I think I've got 100% positive feedback. Because um, by the time I joined Aquabid, I was already really good at shipping fish. And when a problem arises, I take care of it right away. And um, I'm pretty much always able to find a way that works for the customer. So I had a lot of experience through Aquabid. Then it got to the point where I wanted to grow that. And I was really frustrated with Aquabid 
not because it's not a great community, it's a wonderful community, but there were two things that frustrated me. One was when you have lots of fish to sell on Aquabit, it's a pain because there's no automation. There's no, it's, it's a really clunky old website from like the nineties. It, you know, it's difficult to link to a YouTube video and have it show up. So I'd have to end up um, actually getting code to create these templates that would let me do things. And I'd have to load them individually. So it's kind of a pain. So after selling on Aquabit for a long time, which again, I still like Aquabit. And if you've only got a couple fish to sell, then it's no big deal. But if you get any kind of volume, it's really time consuming to list fish on Aquabit. So I started looking for options and I, I came across Shopify and so I used Shopify to build the dancefish.com website that you all see when you go to dancefish.com. So if you want an idea of how it works, just browse that website and that's kind of the functionality. Shopify makes it super easy to list products for, sell, for sale. Um, and so that's what I'm doing right now is using Shopify. So Aquabid's great because it's community driven just fantastic, um, but it's clunky. Shopify is great because it's not clunky, but you don't have the community kind of network effect you get on Aquabit. So there's a give and take there. Um, Shopify is pretty expensive. Shopify has some drawbacks. Like if if I send, say say you have an order and it takes more than one box, Shopify does not allow me to print a second shipping label for that order. So I have to take it to the post office and do it manually. So there are some drawbacks. But in general, right now, if you have a critical mass of fish to sell to the point where Aquabid is not, um, gets frustrating, I found Shopify to be a good way to do that. Bear in mind, though, it's a little expensive and uh, there are some issues with it. So, um, yeah, so we, we still don't have the ideal way to sell fish. Again, I did e eBay. I talked about that a while ago, but they wanted to lock in certain shipping methods um, that I didn't want to use all the time. So that was an issue. So those are kind of the platforms I use. And I think that I just I built it up gradually. So as a kid, um, I started selling and got good at it. And gradually more people met me and, you know, I'd go to fish club meetings and conventions and all, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Jim Forche, my, my fish godfather was really helpful. He took me all around to all these different things because he he liked it too. And he and his wife, Agnes would go to all the fish conventions and meetings and they'd let me tag along. And, uh, so I met a lot of people, built a network, and so that's kind of how I got into it. Um, and those are kind of the mechanisms that I used over the years. So it was first the North American Fish Breeders Guild or Fish Traders Guild or whatever it's called and the American Killifish Association, which is still a great organization, by the way. And you should join if you're into killifish. Then it became Aquabid. And then I experimented briefly with eBay. And then it became um, um, Shopify. Oh, and I tried amazon.com as well, but they have all kinds of regulations about selling live fish too. So that didn't work out either. So I think we're at a point now where 
we have a couple okay options, but we don't have, we still don't have a great option for it, but that's what I use. So um, let me know, Thomas, if that was helpful at all. The magic of, of kind of the fish fam, if you're a fish seller, is it gives you a community to start um, selling fish to if you're new to it. So if all your stores close down, you haven't done it yet, um, Thomas, people know you. They know from your comments that you know a thing or two about fish. And so, you know, it, 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 that's at least a community to start uh, helping you sell your excess fish and spread the word if you do a good job and things like that. But Aquabid already has that community network effect. The other thing about Aquabid that I think kind of got frustrating after a while for me was it seemed like that a few players really dominated. So I would go to Aquabid and search for stuff and I would just see like pages of stuff from the wet spot or pages of stuff from uh, Bluegrass Aquatics or a couple other of these key players. So that site started as a really good site for hobbyists to sell fish on. And it still is. However, if there are a lot of times when it kind of gets dominated by these larger players and then the community effect kind of gets uh, impacted by that. So, so those are my thoughts on at least the platforms I use and kind of how I got into it, Thomas. Um, if there's anything specific you want to know, um, yeah, feel free to put it down there and I'll scroll down and see if you uh, asked anything else I can answer. JH, hey, second blue wrench made it. Glad you're here. Glad you're here from the islands. <laughs> JH says, I like how you can redirect your URL with Shopify. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of good things about Shopify. Everyone's saying hi to JH. Big tea party going on. Dank, your box went out today. Yep, the check is in the mail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Thomas says, thanks for the info. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, and if you have any follow-ups that you don't want to ask here, feel free to email me, Thomas. And, um, I'm happy to walk you through starting up if you want. Thomas, I'm not sure when I'm going to start selling. Okay. I think, I think Thomas, if you, if you're, if it's a brand new thing for you, Maybe just kind of do it a little bit through the fish fam at first, because I feel like if they know that you're new at it and you're figuring it out and you're open about that, then they'll be tolerant and be able to kind of help you through the learning curve of shipping fish. Um, you know, if I bought fish from you and you're like, hey, this is new for me and all that, and there was a problem, I would totally understand. I'd be like, hey, no problem. I, I remember when I started shipping fish. Um, is there any questions you have that I could help you with? And then like we'd figure out refund or resend or whatever. So I feel like the fish fam is a supportive place that you could start getting your feet wet as long as you're open and upfront about it. So when someone buys fish, I would definitely say, look, I, I, I'm new at this. You know, I'm, I'm trying to learn you're in the fish fam. So I feel like, you know, you could help me. Let's try this. Once, once you've done that and you've got kind of confident with it, then I think the next step is probably Aquabid. I wouldn't start on Aquabid 
because if you get a bad rating, it's there forever. Um, so I wouldn't like first time ever ship to Aquabid because you don't know who you're shipping to. They might not know that you're brand new. If you are brand new, they might not want to buy from you, things like that. But once you're confident enough, then I would go to Aquabid because there's a neat network effect, a critical mass at Aquabid that makes selling fish pretty sufficient or pretty um, efficient. And the best way to sell on Aquabid, it's not always the most lucrative, but the best way to get a fish to sell on Aquabid is to sell it as an auction with free shipping. That's when you find out what the real value of your fish are, because then people will start at $1 and bid up to whatever they think it is. And once you've gone that through that, through that a couple times, you kind of figure out what that fish is worth in the community and where to list it. The other thing is when you get people bidding on stuff, often it can go, uh, not always, sometimes it goes really low, but it can get bidding wars going where things go pretty high. So it's a little risky if you have to make money on the fish. But if you don't, I think selling as an auction with no minimum and free shipping, that's a way to at least get people to look at you and get some interest in, in what you're doing. Anyway, those are, those are my thoughts. Let me dog. Fish fam is good for trading fish and aquarium goods amongst hobbyists. Yeah, I think it's, it's a good place to start, especially if you're open about it. Bob Kaler, Dan, did you receive my angelfish orders? Oh, let's check. Let's check and see how that went. That awesome lumpy dog offer. Um, so hang on, how do I do this? <laughs> Let's see here. And thanks again, lumpy dog, for doing that uh, matching grant, if you will. I think that was fantastic. Okay, so speaking of which, we should probably wrap up this uh, live stream pretty quick here. Um, Priscilla says, Dan is such a nice guy. So helpful. Oh, thanks, Priscilla. And apparently entertaining when he screws up <laughs> his speech. <laughs> Thomas Briggins might be willing to start with the trade just to see how it goes. I'd feel better if there wasn't any money involved. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, hit me up, Thomas, when you're ready. I'd be happy to kind of help you through the first couple. Um, Michael Wilson. Hi, Dan. Missed the start tonight. Hi and bye. Well, hi and bye. <laughs> so let's see here. Bob is asking, Bob, I haven't received your order of angelfish. Uh, no, indeedy. Nope, I sure haven't. So um, I think we're going to wrap it up. Bob, um, if, if this is the side acting up or something, I wonder, usually it's Johnny on the spot. I mean, that's one nice thing about Shopify is they, they keep that site moving pretty well. Um, so Bob, I, I haven't, oh, I didn't order. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. You weren't checking on your order. You're asking if I received any angelfish orders. Got it. Got it. Okay. There I'm clear now. <laughs> it takes me a while, but I usually get there eventually. The keyword is eventually. So let's see here. Um, Nope, no one took Lumpy Dog up on the offer. But thanks again, Lumpy Dog, for making it. I think we're going to um, call this a day. So thanks to Bob Kaler for that amazing super chat. 
Thanks to everyone who asked questions, uh, made this fun. I mean, it would be so horrible if it was just, there was no feedback or questions or discussion and I had to like, just power through somehow. That would be horrible. So thanks guys. Um, awesome, Thomas, on all the breeding you've got going on in the fish room. That's exciting. That's, that's the part of the hobby I still like the most. Um, thanks, Luppy Dog, for being an awesome moderator. Really appreciate it. Thank you to uh, Priscilla for the amazing art she sent me, to 54 Punchy for the awesome plants in Wichita for the killifish. Uh, really supportive community, and it's been that way for a while, so it's awesome. We, we, keep, it, we keep it good around here in the fish fam, and I, I love it. I don't know of many other communities like that. The American Killifish Association is like that. Killifish people are generally really helpful, but in the general aquarium hobby, it's nice to have found a group that helps each other out. So thanks everybody. We're gonna shut it there. Oh gosh, it's 8.32. And I'm gonna listen to whatever I said when I said discus. <laughs> Apparently it was good. <laughs> All right, see you next Wednesday, seven o'clock mountain time. Bye-bye.